Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. Today is the Palm Sunday. What is a Palm Sunday? It's the day that we celebrate as Christians where Jesus walked into Jerusalem riding a donkey. And so if you have your Bible, let's go to Matthew chapter 21 and then we're going to dive into the Word of God. Matthew 21 verse 1 it says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples. Somebody say disciples. Turn to your neighbor and say, Are you a disciple? those of you watching us on YouTube and Facebook make sure you spam the comments like the video subscribe and then stay engaged with us by constantly commenting if you're on zoom you can comment too constantly comment because algorithm opens to more people when people are engaged verse 2 saying to them go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a cold with her turn to your neighbor say you have to go and then he says loose them and bring them to me turn to your other neighbor and says you have to loose them now go back to the first neighbor and say and bring them to Jesus and then verse 3 I'm going to skip verse 4 and verse 5 I'm going to skip and verse 6 so disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them somebody say praise the Lord they didn't just study it they didn't just pray about it they actually did what he asked them to do such a rare commodity nowadays when we do what God tells us to do they brought the donkey and the cold laid their clothes on them and set him on them and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road and the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying Hosanna to the donkey I mean I'm sorry Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest and verse 10 and when he had come into Jerusalem all the city was moved saying who is this and so this is the event that we celebrate today that happened over 2,000 years ago called Palms Sunday. Why it's called Palms Sunday? Because people took palms and they laid them on the ground where Jesus and his donkey and the cold walked with. Today will also be a Sunday that we're going to update our vision as a church. As a hungry gen, I don't know if you've noticed but we have updated our posters. For those of you watching us on live stream you didn't notice it but those of you who are here uh, you're like what <laughs> so updated our posters we're gonna start with this one it's called our vision we also updated the language of our vision and mission you may say why come on you know you have apple or android i don't know if android updates their softwares but apple feels like updates their softwares every day <laughs> and then you know if you don't get a new phone that the new updates don't work on the old phones and everything so these these updates are necessary for security purposes and everything and then every about three four years a lot of times we would update things and so what we're doing today is that we're also updated the language of our vision you may say why language over vision you can't build a culture of the church until you set the language of the church 
The Bible says that people had one language and they were building a tower and God came and says as long as they have one language and one mind they are unstoppable. We want to not build our towers, we want to build God's kingdom. And as long as we have one vision and we also have to have one language that we speak. So when you're asked, you know, what is that vision of the church? Why Hungry Gen exists? You won't say, oh, they're demon hunters. That's not our vision. That's maybe what one of the things that we do. Our vision as Hungry Gen is bringing salvation to this generation. All right, so let's say this with me. What is our vision? If you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and comment that right now in the comment. Come on, let's do it one more time. And let, let's, let's put those slides right here. Uh, what's the vision of Hungry Gen? One more time. Now, I saw half of you, you speak English, but your lips did not move. So we're going to do it one more time until if you're first time, you can just zip your lips, watch and everything. But if you've been here, you're part of the church, we're going to practice it one more time. What is the vision of Hungry Gen? Okay. Meaning the reason why we exist is first and foremost that people get saved. Saved from what? The wrath of God which is to come. Saved from their sin. Saved from eternally spending time in the lake of fire. So that they would be reconnected to God. That is the reason why this church exists. Deliverance, healing, teaching, preaching. All of these are secondary to help us fulfill that vision. But our goal is that people meet Jesus. Getting breakthrough in your finances, getting your spouse, you know, getting good, good looking children, getting an RV, a jet ski and a dog and a, and a fenced backyard. That has its place. That's good. Having a fat retirement check. But at the end of the day, all of us are going to die. And the Bible says we're going to face heaven or we're going to face hell. And unlike the guy who released the new Nike shirts and says that we're going to reign in hell, nobody reigns in hell. People suffer in hell. And then I'll rather reign in hell than I will, I will be a servant in heaven. He's completely deluded and delusional. Nobody reigns in hell. Hell is a place of torment and we don't want nobody to go there. Okay, so that is the purpose. That is the vision of Hungry Generation. With that said, we have a mission. What is a mission? Mission is how we accomplish the vision practically and that is these four simple words save deliver disciple and send now words before were believe belong built and become i like the bees but this one is a little bit updated for this reason the process that we had before was this and we're going to do just a little bit of, of church building for just a moment. We had this thing where you become a, a life class, you become a member and then you take a destiny training and after that you can start your group, you can start bringing other people to Christ. But the problem with this is it's very not stable. It's very hard because it skips one very important step. And those of you who know about ladders, it's not good to actually have these three. They're very unstable. And so we've noticed one thing. When people go through the membership and they become members of Hungry Gen, become members of church, and they start learning how to grow in their destiny, become leaders, they skip a very important step that we learned from Mike today. And that is the step of deliverance. When people become part of the church, they still need to go through deliverance, renewing of the mind, breaking strongholds. Deliverance is not just casting out of demons. It's being disconnected from the world. 
It's being disconnected from the hurt and the pain that people have carried. It's being disconnected from their past, being disconnected from their abuse, being disconnected from their addiction. If they start being trained instead of being delivered and what's going to happen is this ladder becomes unstable. And so what we felt like is to just simply create something that has very simple basic steps. Save meaning our goal is we want to bring people to salvation now we don't save people Jesus saves people so when I say save I don't mean that you are dying for them and you're shedding your blood for them it just simply means you're sharing your faith with them and Jesus does the saving so we save what is the second step come on I couldn't hear you what is the second step what is the third step and what is the last step so what did they send they're sent to their world to be the light and the salt that Jesus called them to be meaning they can be a businessman they can be a police officer they can be a mayor they can be a doctor a nurse they can be a teacher they can be a stay-at-home mom whatever the field that they find themselves they are sent in that field to be the light and to be the salt not a political conspiracy theorist but a witness about Jesus Christ not a witness about vaccines and 666 not a witness about oh man we hate this and we hate that no we don't preach hate we preach Jesus we don't preach our political references we preach Jesus we don't preach our political party we preach Jesus we don't preach morality our goal is not to turn gay people straight our goal is to bring dead people and make them alive our goal is not to make people morally pure our goal is to make people spiritually alive somebody give God some praise right now any alive people we have in this house this morning it's important to understand that these four steps now well if we can take the ministry of Jesus Christ on this earth a thousand years ago he did really five things he preached he taught he healed the sick he cast out devils and he made disciples let me say that again he preached the gospel he taught the principles of the gospel he healed the sick he cast out devils and he made disciples and every church is called to do exactly that as a corporate body but us individually we have a role to preach to teach to heal the sick to cast out demons and to make disciples unfortunately what we have today in the church is a lot of preaching and a lot of teaching when it comes to healing it's being scorned and we say no you just go take medicine we're not against medicine we're all for medicine and we don't want to have hospitals closed some people say make these remarks you know we just want all the hospitals to be closed revival to close the hospitals we don't want hospitals to be closed because some of you work there <laughs> all right we want nurses we want doctors we want we want good people uh, to to be we working there but we we want to pray for healing and we see the lady that testified today where God opened her ears there's another person who had a, um, hemorrhoids how do you say that hemorrhoids yeah he was healed last Thursday during the stream and testified next day that had no more pain and and, and the body body was fixed we believe in healing the sick that's what Jesus called us to do the third thing is casting out our demons and this is where it gets a little bit tricky because people say well this is a there's no there's demons and there is freedom and God called us to cast them out well in my church well we follow Jesus thank God we don't follow your church we follow Jesus Jesus cast out demons but you know that was in Israel well Israel was not this this was not a a pagan culture this was a culture that worshiped one God and deliverance is real today you see the difference that deliverance makes in people's lives 
Instead what happens in charismatic circles today in Pentecostal circles instead of slaying demons we're getting people being slain under the power. Mm -hmm. And a lot of even my friends who would criticize the ministry of deliverance are saying you shouldn't be doing this you guys shouldn't be casting out of demons out of Christians and all of this stuff and you see all of them the the catalyst the peak of most of the charismatic Christianity today is falling under the power I'm not against falling under the power but please understand I don't see one instance where Jesus prayed for people and they fell I'm not against that we welcome that Holy Spirit causes you to fall fall but it's different when the preacher pushes you God called the preacher to push the devils not people and we got oh we got too many preachers pushing people instead of the devils and my pastor he's hardcore against it he said you know he's like that, that that's I don't we don't have a problem with you know people being slain the problem is if the devil is not being slain and Jesus went around casting out of demons not laying people on the floor again we're not against that if the Lord moves and the Lord touches somebody and that is your way of experiencing God and you fall on the floor that is great but what will be better is if your walls will fall what will be better if the spiritual forces behind the problems will fall what Mike needed is not to fall in his car what he needed is the devils to come out and so while we welcome the manifestation of the Holy Spirit we want to stick with the scripture and the scripture clearly states Jesus says go into different villages and he did not say slay people he says cast out demons cleanse the lepers raise the dead freely you receive and freely you have give so I just want to challenge every minister that's watching us or re-watching the service it's time to slay demons it's time to slay the Goliath it's time to count against the forces of darkness and set the captives free amen so Jesus preached Jesus taught Jesus healed Jesus delivered and Jesus made disciples and so going into the verse today that we have read two disciples and two donkeys so let me ask you a question today in this room who are you are you a disciple or are you a donkey you said well, who's a donkey it's a do donkey is the one that needs to be found donkey is the one that needs to be freed donkey that needs to be walked beside and a donkey is the one that Jesus needs to sit on disciple is somebody who is already found who's already been discipled by Jesus, who's been delivered by Jesus and now disciple is the one that's going looking for donkeys. Disciples get donkeys. Turn to your neighbor and say, disciples get donkeys. <laughs> Meaning disciple get, disciples get their friends, disciples get their neighbors, disciples get their family members. They are the ones that are obeying Jesus when Jesus says go. The first step for every disciple is to save. The first step for every donkey is to be saved. We are called the first assignment of every Christian and that is this, is that we bring other people to Jesus. In the scripture it gives us, write this down, it gives us six ways we can witness. Six ways of witnessing. Pull out your notebook right now or your notes on your phone and write this down. The first one is confrontational. Now not our favorite, we don't encourage you to do that but there's some of you, you have a confrontational personality okay and you can use it for the Lord there is examples of that John the Baptist was one of them he got up and he just let him have it now you may say ah judgmentalism 
it brought Jesus on the scene there are people you are called to stand on the corner streets with a microphone now make sure you don't wear hungry gen shirt <laughs> just keep doing that we love you go for it you know you, you you feel like your job is to be a spiritual police to call everybody out but that still is a way the Lord can use it might not be most effective but it's still the way the second way that we can bring other people to Christ or even to church is intellectual debate it's when Apostle Paul went to the Mars Hill and he started to debate with people intellectually now it's also not our most favorite way to do it because the Lord didn't call us to win debates he called us to win souls he didn't call us to win arguments he calls us to win souls but there are some of you in here you are so theologically and intellectually astute you're so clever and smart you just love them debates you love you like like Ravi Zacharias and like all of those guys who are apologetics that's like that is your like next to Jesus and Apostle Paul that is your thing you're like man I just want to convince people and I want to tell you you're going to be not necessarily super effective because the goal of the gospel is get to the heart but a lot of times people get stuck at the brain level too long the goal is to clear the brain so that God can get to the heart because people not just have a brain they also have a heart and the heart is the place that needs saving but the brain is the place that needs shoveling through and Paul debated with people but in that Mars Hill we don't see church started we don't see miracles happening and we don't see letters to that area because sometimes debating with people might win an argument but might not win people and I just give a warning for some of you who online you are amazing debaters you always let everybody have and let everybody know your opinion what you agree with and what you don't agree with and you spend hours and maybe you call that evangelism that's more of a criticism there's other more effective way to bring somebody to Christ the third way to bring somebody to church or to bring somebody to, to, to Christ and this is the most effective one it's a testimonial it's when a blind man faces the the court system of that day and they say Jesus is not God Jesus is a heretic and he says I, I don't know if he's God or not if he's holy or not he's the one thing I know I was born blind until this day I couldn't see Jack and now I can see so you guys decide whether he is a sinner or not he's I just can tell you one thing I couldn't see and that guy made me see and so he must be a prophet and they're like in your sins you were born you don't know what you're talking about he's like I don't know if I know or not but I was blind and now I can see and so when a person gets up and says I was addicted and now I am free I was addicted to this and now I am delivered I was chained up to these demons and now I am liberated and so that what that does is it releases the anointing on people's lives your testimony is your greatest weapon the Bible says they overcame him by the word of their testimony Jesus told many people he says go and testify and so testimony is powerful if you may say well but I don't know much about my faith like it's very new for me I just came to hungry gen or I just came to church I don't know how to tell people about Jesus tell them about Jesus in you hey this is what I was I was struggling with anxiety I was struggling with depression I was manipulative I was dominating maybe maybe I was addicted to pornography I was smoking weed I was just spending my time on gambling and all of this stuff and I God set me free I found joy I found peace but most importantly is when I die I will go to heaven and even if this is not true I missed all of my junk Jesus took that but if Jesus is true you're in danger and you tell your friend you're in danger if you don't follow Jesus Christ because he said he is the way the truth and the life he didn't say he is a way another way Muhammad is one of them Buddha is another one and then uh, Confucius is another one he says he is the way meaning the only way to God so testimonial is the best way to tell somebody and invite somebody to Christ number four is relational 
Relational is when the Lord would heal and deliver some people and tell them go home and tell your family. This is the hardest one because your, your family doesn't need a sermon, they need a life from you. You can tell them, I've been to Hungry Gen, man, demons just come out crazy. Like people get healed, this is like fire. And then your mama comes one time, your daddy comes one time, they're like, yeah, weird. But then when they see your behavior at home, when they see a change, the things that used to trip you up, now don't trip you up. Not that you're perfect, but you're being perfected. That you make a mistake and you don't blame somebody, your other siblings, but you take responsibility and you apologize. They see how you do your taxes now. They see how you don't waste your money. They see how you date now. They say, you know what, huh? Ah, that thing is weird, but this is real. Testimonial. In relational. Number, number five is invitational way. It's when you invite somebody through giving a touch card to the drive-thru barista, somebody in the gym that you constantly say hi to you and discuss the news and, and you know, share your political preferences or references or uh, say how you hate masks or how you love masks or, or how you love Biden or you don't like Biden or, or, or whatever. You, you constantly kind of have a conversation going, this very easy conversation. And then afterwards you're like, hey, what are you doing this Sunday? And you give them the card. That's what invitational is. The example of that is the Samaritan woman. The Bible says that, that she had a lot of hookups in the city and they all happen to be men. <laughs> she had problems with men, okay? So she went from one relationship to another one and the guy that she lived with, she wasn't married with and ta-da-da. And then she meets this next man, Jesus Christ, and who reads all of her mail and then she drops the jar and the Bible says she ran to the city and she invited, interestingly, all the men. <laughs> I feel like all she did is just send a mastix message with all the ex-boyfriends that she had. Say, hey, I met the new guy. Come and meet him. And the man came out and after they met Jesus, they're like, man, Jesus is real deal. And then Jesus stayed for a few more days and people accepted the Lord. Why? Because one woman handed out some flyers. One woman did an invite on Facebook. One woman, she just went invitational style. And so invite somebody next weekend. Always live as a believer. Be an inviter. People are always selling stuff. People are always promoting. You know, if, if you ever got a, got a product or you got some kind of a um, thing that you bought, shoes or piece of garments or a particular device or if you're really into kitchen and you, and you bought this grinder, not grinder, but a blender. <laughs> grinder, that, that's for construction. Um, and so you bought a, maybe a blender or a coffee maker or, or something and you're really, really excited. You really love it. You tell everybody how excited you are about that. When you're excited about the Lord, you don't have to be taught to evangelize. You don't have to be taught to invite other friends and other family because you're pumped. You're excited about what God is doing in your life. Amen. And the last way of evangelizing is through serving. An example is Dorsus when she would make certain garments for people and that was the way that was being evangelized. You may say, how can I practically serve? Buy the people you want to invite to church lunch. Mm-hmm bring donuts to work do something where you give instead of just ask be invitational if you notice somebody's running short on finances you know pay for their bill and then ask them to come to church puts them in a very tight situation you may say well that's manipulation no my friend that's being shrewd that's being wise you're not doing it so they come to church you're doing it so that you can show the, the love of Jesus but at the same time a lot of times people's hearts get open afterwards and they're like man sign me up for whatever Jesus I mean whoever just sign me sign my name up there I'm going I know people who were members in our church but not maybe fully converted they went to one of the Mormon people paid for their bill 
and they went and next week switched to Mormon Mormon church I was like bro that's like different they're like man they paid for my bills you can't you, you can't compete with that I was like we ain't got that much money man too we only tie 10% Mormons do 20 so that's why they got more money and stuff so but I just want to encourage you Christians let's be people who help other people and then it's easy to people will ask you can I go to your church where do you go who teaches you to do that because normal people don't do that and then they'll begin to come to Jesus are you with me somebody shout save save, save is the first thing the second one is deliver deliver Jesus says go find the donkey that's the first one is saving is when you find the donkey but then he says loose that donkey so just because you find it it doesn't mean it's free every found donkey needs to be free donkey people sometimes have that donkey had a rope around it but people who come to know Christ sometimes have a rope of abuse like Mike was sharing sometimes they have a rope of, of, of witchcraft that they were involved in people did blood sacrifices and maybe like you're like Ugh. they they did all kinds of Ouija boards they did all kinds of consulting the dead psychics they, they went to all kinds of things sometimes it's alcohol that they're bound by sometimes it's drugs they're bound by they come to the front they pray the prayer they say Jesus come into my heart but they go back home and they realize something is still holding me back I want to go forward it's pulling me back I want to love but it makes me hate I want to do this but it makes me want to do that and that's what Jesus tells disciples he doesn't set the donkey free he says disciples find it loose it means you have to loose that donkey you have to set that donkey free the Bible says in 2nd Peter chapter 2 verse 7 and we are, we are short on time 2nd Peter ch chapter 2 verse 7 says the following about Lot and delivered righteous Lot who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented in his righteous soul day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds then the Lord knows how to deliver guess who the godly ah deliverance is only for non-christians we'll explain this the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under the punishment for the day of judgment so Lot is an example of that. Lot had a relationship with Abraham. Lot in here is called righteous. So he got two things that every Christian has. Relationship and righteousness. Lot in Sodom is not called bad, wicked, sinful, backslider. He is called righteous. But Lot though had a relationship, though was righteous, he was oppressed tormented living in Sodom let me say that again he had a relationship he was called righteous yet he was oppressed daily in his soul not in his spirit in his soul how can a Christian have a demon and the Holy Spirit at the same time very simple Holy Spirit lives in your spirit demons oppression depression anxiety abuse can live in your soul Lot was oppressed in his soul day by day as Mike couldn't get out of the bed, Lot would get up out of the bed and torment in his soul every day. Every day torment, every day torment, every day torment. And he lived in a wicked city and then the Lord brought deliverance. He didn't just invite him, he pulled him out from Sodom and delivered him from that place. So we believe every Christian 
when they become a Christian needs to go through some kind of a deliverance. It doesn't mean every Christian has a demon but we might have strongholds we might have habits we might have patterns we might have certain things that we need to be loosed from where God wants to set us free so that we can then be disciples somebody say disciple so save deliver disciple let's practice together first is save, deliver, one more time So this is where go and find the donkey, loose that donkey and then this is bring that donkey to me. What is discipleship? It's walking alongside another donkey, the new believer and bringing them closer to Jesus. That's what discipleship is. Discipleship is not a class. Discipleship is not a meeting. Discipleship is not a curriculum. Discipleship is when the person gets freed they cannot just go into exploring themselves they're gonna get lost you have to walk alongside with them two disciples walking beside two donkeys I want you to notice what disciples did not do they did not ride those donkeys that's not discipleship discipleship is not domination discipleship is not manipulation and discipleship is not control your leader doesn't decide things for you that's not discipleship you have the power of decision Jesus does not put other believers over believers to make decisions for them it's you have the decision we just walk alongside my pastor walks alongside Jesus is the one that helps us to ride us but not another believer the problem with Lot was this when Lot was had a relationship he was righteous Lot gets delivered from Sodom. This is the problem with Lot. This did not happen with Lot. He got delivered but instead of going to live in a community, he lived in a cave. He didn't have a community. He lived in a cave along with his daughters. Then Jack Daniels joined them. Tequila joined them and then um, other stuff joined them and next thing that happens is that Lot was delivered but he never joined the life group. Lot was delivered. He never allowed anybody else to walk beside him. I don't know if he had a problem with people. He didn't want to be around his uncle or maybe he had a bad bad experience in church. Maybe just a bad relationships before and he felt like I, I can do better by myself. If you're delivered but you're not discipled, you're like donkey that's loose. It's like letting my dog loose off of the backyard. You know what's going to happen? He's going to get run over. Like he's so curious. That's exactly what happens with many believers. If you get delivered and you don't get discipled, you don't get plugged into a small group, you don't get plugged in with other believers who know you, who walk with you, who walk beside you, then you are choosing a cave instead of community. And my friend, anytime you have a cave, you always have a compromise. Anytime you have a cave, you will always have a calamity. Anytime you have a cave, you will always corrode your character. Anytime you have a cave, something begins to happen. Even though he was in the cave, he produced an offspring. And this offspring was not a godly offspring. He still multiplied, but this multiplication wasn't healthy. The Lord wants us to save. What's, what's the first thing he wants us to do? Save. Come on. I felt like half of you were saying that. Let's do it one more time, but all of us. One, two, three. Jesus goes to the donkey, says find the donkey, loose the donkey, bring the donkey to me and then the last thing and he said, he sits on the donkey. 
So he went pretty much and sat on the donkey. Disciples were so ecstatic. They put their clothes on the donkey, put it on the garments. And then the donkey carried Jesus. This was the first Uber. <laughs> the first Lyft. The first taxi. Jesus sat on the donkey. And this donkey carried Jesus into the city. Interestingly, the city was moved. Guess who brought Jesus? The donkey. The secret is this. God wants you to be discipled, not so that you can be holier than thou Christian. It's so that Jesus can sit on you. See, Jesus lives in you when you become a Christian. But when you get delivered and discipled, he begins to sit on you. You may say, what's the difference? When Jesus sat on the donkey, he now directed the direction of where the donkey went. Now he people saw not the donkey, they saw Jesus. And now the city was moved, not because cute donkey walked in with a little cold. No, because Jesus walked and they said, who is, they didn't say, who is this donkey? They said, who is Jesus? And they didn't say Hosanna to the donkey. They said, send Hosanna to Jesus. See, that's the difference. Jesus lives in every believer. But when a believer goes through deliverance, when they go through discipleship, Jesus begins to sit on them and then he takes them where he wants to go. You don't tell Jesus, hey Jesus, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to my neighbors. I don't want to go to my friends. I don't want to go to my old classmates. No, Jesus says, I decide now where I go and it's no longer your will, it's my will. And then Jesus gets the glory. Jesus reveals his glory through this donkey. And the most amazing part is that a lot of times the people we disciple, they will be more used by God than we are ourselves. But that's where God gets the glory and this is where it's all about. So what is the vision of Hungry Gen? All right, all right, all right. Let's move it. It's the first time we can do you can do second time what is the vision of hungry gen Bring salvation to this generation. what is the mission of hungry gen Save disciples sent. beautiful everybody gets an a amen how we're going to put that to practice is that we're going to be bringing new people to christ practically if you see our path and we won't go deep into that the first step is when you get saved, you go through life class, which will happen next week during second service. The second step is something that we're going to introduce in June. We have not done this yet. It's going to be called Lifestyle of Freedom. What is Lifestyle of Freedom? It's when we will take about 12 weeks and take people through deliverance, through renewing of the mind, through who they are in Christ and establish them before they go to step three, which is destiny training. And our goal is that every believer become somebody who brings other people to Jesus and makes disciples and that we fulfill most in a life group in Jesus name amen hey guys I hope you enjoyed this week's message if you like what you've heard you can find more of this great content on YouTube Facebook Instagram Twitter Snapchat TikTok and even Pinterest in other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.